how are things going to get done if nobody's doing? And I know that without him, we can do nothing. And I know through him, we can do all things. as scripture. And so that principle is true, but sometimes I think that even uh, in church, we can start acting as if he's just going to do it all. But I've learned uh, in this life that uh, if you don't do nothing, you don't get nothing. For every action, there's a reaction. You can stand still and you'll never go anywhere. You know, it's... uh, and so it's, um, uh, there is something for us uh, to do in this life for the kingdom. You know, we're workers with him, right? 2 Corinthians 6 1 said that we are workers together with him. Workers. And so tonight, I'll, let me read my scripture before I get, get going. I'm, I'm about, I've already got it in third gear. I'm ready to go. Uh, Proverbs 6. Six through nine. There's just some some great, you know, uh, principle teaching in in Proverbs. It's so good, and uh, I've said this before. Brother Everhart used to tell us, young ministers at his church said those first seven books of Proverbs, those first seven chapters. He said you need to read them every day if you can. He said they have such great wisdom uh, for for the saints, not just the ministry, but for saints altogether but the, the writer here said go to the ant thou sluggard he has a target audience he said I'm, I'm talking to people who are not working the word sluggard means idle or lazy so somebody who's just standing around watching the world go by he said go to the ant and consider her ways and be wise which having no guide overseer ruler provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. And so after presenting that wisdom, he asks the question, how long will you sleep, O sluggard, O idle one? When will you arise out of your sleep? So I want to to just preach for a few moments tonight on this subject just to kind of stir our minds and maybe light a fire under us if we need it. I know we can all be a little busier sometimes. It's, it's nice to sit back sometimes. It is. It's nice when there's time to rest. The Lord says there's six days worth of work and then you get a rest. He don't believe in just wearing people out. And so, but he does expect the time of working. So tonight I want to talk about kingdom-minded work ethic. A kingdom-minded work ethic. Would you pray with me for the lesson tonight? Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've brought us into, calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And tonight, Lord, let us be faithful laborers for the harvest. And Lord, let us be encouraged and inspired. And Lord, we're going to praise you for these things tonight in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen one more time. Would you give him a hand clap for his word tonight? Hallelujah. Thankful for the word. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. So, Kingdom-minded work ethic. As I said earlier, the Bible says we are workers together with him. I think that sometimes there's uh, this, you know, I know in a lot of uh, Christian circles, there are these ideas that once we come to him, there is no longer any need for me to do anything at all. But that's not true. Because this is kingdom work. When Jesus was walking this earth, he sent them out two by two to go and preach the kingdom. And uh, it was just him being on the planet, that wasn't enough for everybody to get it. He was here. He came unto his own and said they knew him not. There were many places that even though he could do anything that when he walked and worked, that he couldn't do many miracles because people just didn't believe. Just his presence alone uh, didn't mean that people were going to be healed or saved or delivered. They had to believe in him. They had, there was a work to be done. And just because the church is here, that doesn't mean that people are just going to automatically be saved or healed or blessed or touched or changed if we're not doing something about it. 
Jesus called us to be followers of him, but he said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. You'll be casting nets. You're going to be doing something uh, for the kingdom of heaven. You're not just going to be walking blindly behind me watching a show. I'm going to be teaching you how to do things that I'm doing so that when I go, the things I've done you shall do and greater things shall you do. Isn't that not what he said? That's what he said. He wants a church with kingdom-minded work ethic that they are not just watching the, the world go by, watching the show go by, watching people just disappear off into eternity without doing something to try and reach them and help them and uh, get them on the right path to heaven. I don't want to be idle and lazy in the house of the Lord. Hello. Come on now. This is, this is good. Come on. Uh, I've, I've checked myself in several areas studying today, and, and um, I realize that uh, if we're workers, you, you just think like this. If you own a business and you hire a worker, you really hope they have a good work ethic. You know, if you are the owner and manager of a, a Chick-fil-A, now they got good work ethic. But let's say you hire somebody from McDonald's. They, they used to work at McDonald's. Or, or even better, Hardee's. And, or a Popeye's. There we go. Let's just go that route. Let's, let's just get there. And they, now they're getting hired for kingdom work, Chick-fil-A. Kingdom chicken, you know. So now they come to you, and they, they, one day you, you see them in there, and uh, they're doing something, and you're like, hey, what are you doing? So, well, that's the way we did it at Popeye's. Yeah, but this ain't Popeye's. And your work ethic is going to be Chick-fil-A work ethic. It's not going to be Popeye's, McDonald's, Hardy's, Burger King, anybody else's. Uh, that may be how you did it then. This is how I need you to do it now because this is uh, who we are. And so when we come out of this world into this kingdom, God expects kingdom-minded work ethic. We can't just, uh, you know, come in and say, wow, save me, and I'm going to sit here and not do nothing until eternity hits. Because we don't know when eternity is going to hit, number one, but we want to make sure we are having a good work ethic. Someone that has a good work ethic, that's the kind of person that gets up and goes on into work when they don't feel like it. Because they know bills have got to be paid. Food's got to be on the table. I've got to provide something. They're going to get up and go sometimes when they're sick, sometimes when they're tired, sometimes when they're aggravated. It doesn't matter, whatever. They're, they're, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm, they hired me to do a job. I've got to go and clock in. If I don't, uh, my work will be undone, and I'm going to suffer the consequences of it. Uh, but someone with a bad Work ethic will hit the alarm and roll over and go back to sleep or maybe send a text in and say, hey, I'm not feeling well today. Of course, to them, not feeling well is sleepy. I'm sleepy, so I'm not feeling well. And so they, to them, they didn't lie. I, I'm not feeling good. What was the matter with your sleep deprivation? Uh, I needed more sleep. So, uh, but when they do that, they miss a day of pay. Somebody's got to pick up the slack. Things go undone, and it could cost a person their job. You know, uh, we want uh, people in our natural, worldly workplaces to have good work ethic. We hired you. Show up and do the job that we hired you for. We understand when there's sick people and things like that, and there's vacation. We understand all that. But if you're just calling in every day of the week, and you can't never seem to get there on time, and you can't seem to do your job even when you're there, you're not going to be around very long. Well, the Lord wants us to have a kingdom-minded work ethic. We can't just approach uh, this life with him uh, like we did living in this world. There's a difference now. We, we are called to be workers together with him. And if anybody thinks that we don't work in the kingdom, I'm not talking about uh, always cutting grass or, or doing some kind of physical manual labor, but we are working for a soul harvest. 
We're working to see people saved and brought into the kingdom of God. We're, you know, yeah, we've been, we've prayed, we've repented, we've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled the Holy Ghost, and we're like, hey, I'm ready to go whenever you come, but I can't sit here twiddling my thumbs and not helping somebody else because he said, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. I need you to understand that once I've touched you, once I've called you out, I called you out to be an example. I called you out to influence. I called you out so that you could help somebody else in this world who is lost make it into the kingdom. I need some kingdom-minded work ethic. In Luke chapter 2, in verse 49, we find uh, Mary and Joseph have been searching frantically for Jesus. He was a child. He was 12 years old. And, and uh, when they get to him, they're all, why did you do this? We're so worried and we've been frantic and, and how could you treat us like this? You know, we've been, it's been three days. And, and he said, how is it that you sought me? He can't figure out why they're even, why didn't you just come here first? Because don't you understand that I must be about my father's business? And I'm telling you, I hope that anybody sees me in this world sees me about my father's business. If I'm going to be like him, even as a 12-year-old boy, I hope that they see me about my father's business. Uh, I don't want them uh, looking around in the old places, familiar places where I used to be, but now that things are moving, and now that I'm called out, and now that I'm serving him, uh, I have something, my mind is focused on his business. Uh, I understand that we have jobs and lives and things. We can't just 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we're not just out trying to pull people into church. I know you go to work, your regular job. I know you go to school and things like that. What I'm saying is that this should never, ever leave your mind that really you're always on call for the kingdom because at any moment someone could cross your path that you need to pray for, that you need to minister to, you need to witness to, you need to talk to them, invite them to church. You need to, uh, somebody with a need somewhere is going to cross your path. And sometimes you're going to cross their path. We're always like, well, I'll let them just come. If they come by and bump into me, I'll talk to them. Sometimes God's saying, see them, take a few steps in their direction, walk toward them, get kingdom-minded. Hey, Jesus, uh, he went into Samaria. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. I've got to go through there because there's one woman about to come draw some water out of the well. I've got to talk to her. And the Jews at that time, they don't even have dealings with the Samaritans. He didn't care. He said, it's not about that anymore. He said, this is about the kingdom. And everybody is welcome in the kingdom. It doesn't matter who they are, they're welcome in the kingdom. It doesn't matter what they've done, the offer of living water stands for them, and I must get to them to offer them that. Kingdom-minded about his father's business. And then, uh, so if Jesus would be like that, we must be like that. Because John 13, uh, 16 through 17, the Lord said, uh, the servant is not greater than his Lord. So, he had just got through washing the disciples' feet, and he said, do you understand what I've done? I did all this for an example to show you how you're supposed to be in this world, to be a servant, to be kingdom-minded. And he said, so uh, in case you're thinking, well, that's okay for you, he said, I'll let you know that the servant is not greater than his Lord that sent him. I'm not greater than Jesus that sent me. And if he can be a servant, I can be a servant. If he would do a job that most people don't want to do, most people, be honest, most people are glad that we don't do foot washing anymore. Yeah, take a poll. I'm going to get here right now. Hands be going up everywhere because you're like, oh, my goodness. You know, some people can't even look at feet. They sure don't want to get down to wash somebody's feet. But that's what he's saying. He said this is uh, 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 for a person, that's their extremity. To, you know, that's the farthest point you, you know, for you to reach down to. Uh, and the older you get, the more you realize that's an extremity because you got to sit down to put your shoes on now. It ain't no more just, hey, I'm going to just bend over. I can't even get near the floor no more like that. It's, I'm sitting down and, uh, you know, sometimes in the floor, you know, it's, you know, but, you know, it's a lot easier if somebody would come and say, hey, let me help you with that. That'd be awesome, but I'm not going to get somebody to come put my shoes on for me. I'm not two anymore, I'm gonna, but I'm going to, uh, but, but 
ain't no lying. It's easier. Hey, just sit down. I'll put your shoes on. Boy, that'd be awesome. And uh, somebody helping you with that. See how great it is when we help people? And when we're kingdom-minded, there's some things that people, uh, it's hard for them to, to, to do. It's hard for them to work. It's, it's hard for them to understand. And, and they need somebody that's kingdom-minded that says, hey, I'll help you with your extremities. I'm going to help you with what's really going on in your life. I'm going to help you with what you can't do so that you can be better and be ready for the kingdom, kingdom-minded work ethic. Every time we see someone, it is a potential soul to be saved. Every person that's beside you at the red light, everyone that's sitting in the same restaurant you're sitting in, every person you pass uh, down the aisle at Kmart or Walmart, Kmart, Walmart, um, man, if it, if it exists still, um, but wherever you are, when you bump into them, when you're standing behind them at the line and, and you're aggravated, you're at the gas station, you're just trying to pay for your, your soda and your beef jerky and they're ordering like 38 tickets and scratch-offs and you're like, I just want to go. You're, but you know what? They need somebody to tell them about the Lord. Hey, you know what? You know what's better than a scratch off? You know what's better than trying to take a chance? You know what you can do? You can taste and see that the Lord is good. Kingdom, it, it should never lose, leave our mind that every soul is important to God and that there's always an opportunity for somebody to be changed. And, and they may be brought before us in the very worst of circumstances and still we have an opportunity to show mercy. It could be just like the woman they threw down at his feet. And, you know, they were just, hey, here's what she's done. Here's how we caught her. Here it is. And he said, you without sin cast the first stone. Mercy. That's kingdom-minded. And then, uh, hey, where are your accusers? Nobody is accusing me. I don't condemn you either. Go your way, sin no more. Tell them about living a sin-free life. Tell them about a Savior that will give them another chance. Tell them about somebody that's ready and willing to help them. Uh, maybe they've walked away from the house of God. We ought to always be looking down the road just like the Father was. So when, they, when we see them coming over the horizon, that we're not just waiting there, but we're running out to meet them and, and throw our arms around them and say, Welcome home. We're kingdom-minded work ethic. Always laboring for somebody uh, to be saved and be better and make it to the kingdom of God. And I, like I said, the Lord was just laying it on my heart. He said, he said, you know, if, if nobody's doing anything, he said, if my church stops working, nobody's going to be saved because he's not walking around in the flesh anymore on this earth except in us. Where are his hands and his feet? We're his mouthpiece. And uh, we're, we're beseeching people in his stead is what the Scripture says. We're warning people and, and encouraging people and loving people and teaching people uh, through him, He's, he sent us out. I, I've got ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. I've got people to do a job, but if people stop working, nothing happens. You know, sometimes you'll see a, a big company, they, they may go on strike. Nobody shows up for work, and that business is losing, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars a day because nobody's working. If the church stops, Think about how many people die a day without the Lord. That's how many souls are slipping off into eternity that nobody reached for, that nobody uh, preached to, that nobody, because if all the preachers stop preaching and all the singers stop singing and all the witnesses stop witnessing and nobody's teaching Bible says, we just say, you know what, Lord, we're going to sit here and wait for you to come. I've already been born again, so I'm not doing anything else. I'm just waiting for you to get here, this world. Uh, my goodness, the only hope this world's got is the church of the living God. And so we want to be kingdom-minded. We can't just pray your kingdom come, your will be done, and then us do nothing about it. The Bible says that we must not be hearers of the word only. We must be doers of the word. Because if we are a hearer only, we deceive ourselves. And so when we hear the word and we say, wow, what a promise, but we do nothing, it doesn't benefit us. And if you think he does, you just deceived yourself. He, he said, if you just hear the word and you don't do anything about it, it doesn't benefit you at all. And if you think it does, you're deceiving yourself because I need people to be doers. 
One place he said, if a man won't work, he shouldn't eat. How can we pull up to the table of the Lord when we're not, if we're not doing anything for his kingdom? How can we say I'm kingdom-minded when we never do anything for the kingdom? And, and so just, but just pray, so if, if we just say, well, I, I prayed it, your kingdom come, your will be done. But God's not just going to say, oh, great, all right, we'll go. They're putting their orders in. I'm just going to start doing stuff whether they do anything or not. That's not what it is. God is a provider. And we hear that scripture sometimes. It's, it's like, my God shall provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. He will. But that doesn't mean he's going to spoon feed you. He's not going to IV the Holy Ghost into you. Ah, uh, no, sir. He, you know, when Israel... Was, was starving, they were hungry, and they were crying and complaining. He said, Moses, tell them, I'm, I'm going to send them some bread from heaven. Every day, they wake up in the morning, it'll be on the ground. It won't be in a bowl. It won't be cooked. And I ain't going to feed it to them. But it will be within reach. If they'll get out of their tent where they are asleep, where they're relaxing, where they're getting out of the heat, getting out of the weather, if they'll get up and go out and gather it, they'll have plenty to eat each day. And then on the sixth day, they'll have double, so they don't have to do nothing on the Sabbath. They can rest, but they'll still have food. I'm going to provide. I'm, I am a giver, but you're going to have to get out and gather. And this is the way it is today. There, there are kingdom things to be done and kingdom things to be had, and it is there. There is provision uh, through the scripture, there is provision. We have received power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon us. But, boy, we've got to activate the power. I was talking to a guy the other day. I said, you know, it's just like if you buy or build you a new house, and, man, now it's done, and, and you get Georgia Power out there, and they flip the switch, and now power's on to your house. If you sit in a dark room, it's your fault because the power's run to your house. But if you walk in the door and you never turn a switch on, and well, I'm trying to save money. I don't want, I don't want to burn no money up. You know? I don't want to burn no energy. I, I don't want a big light bill, so I'll just sit in the dark. Isn't that crazy to sit in a house with nothing but candles on when you got uh, lamps and lights? And uh, Yeah, I'm not, going to take no, I'm not going to turn that hot water heat. I'm going to take a cold shower because uh, I don't want to burn no electricity. What a, that's, that's a shame that you could be enjoying a nice hot bath, but instead... Uh, you'd rather not use what you've been given. Uh, I want to use what God has given us uh, to, to maximize the effect for the kingdom. The church is going to do so many great things when they activate the things, the gifts, and the callings that God has placed within their reach. And, and when we'll get that kingdom-minded work ethic that, hey, everything that we do uh, should be focused toward the kingdom. Everything that we do, we should be do it with the kingdom in mind because uh, the way I present myself is going to affect somebody's attitude toward the kingdom. And if I look like I'm cold and uncaring to people, they're going to say, well, why would I want to be a part of that? Or if I'm mean or ugly to people, why would I want to be a part of that? Or if I'm lying and gossiping about people, why would I want to be a part of that? You know, if I'm a, you know, thieving or doing ungodly things, why would I want to be a part of that? That's nothing different than anybody else in the rest of the world. Kingdom-minded work ethic. Some places that you go to work, they'll tell you right off the bat how you conduct yourself off the clock can get you fired. Oh, that's my own time. If, if you say you work for us, we have an image to uphold. And if, you, you know, if you're going to do things that are going to cause uh, blowback on us, you're out of here. It matters. And so you have, you know, uh, especially people that are in like... Uh, uh, services like where like police officers, things like that. And you can't go out and just be a fool on your day off and then come out and put your uniform on. No, we can't have you around here uh, you know, you, because you're doing things that police officers don't do or, or firemen don't do or, or soldiers don't do. You know, if you, you join the military, it ain't your way. It's their way. And you try to do it your way, you're discharged. You're out. And so uh, you can't join the Army and say, well, I'm going to do things like the Marines. No, you're going to do it like the Army because this is the Army. It ain't the Marines. You, know, you can't decide, you know, I'm going to do it my way. You've got to have the mindset of, of that when you're at your work, this is the way my work does it, and now that we're in the kingdom, 
I've got to have a mindset that I'm going to do things the way God wants me to do things. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I, won't, I don't want to miss, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to miss out if we try to serve the Lord, but we're not kingdom-minded. You'll never be a very good employee if you don't get with the program of whoever hired you. You think, well, they're lucky to have me. And just go in and show up every day and sit around and drink coffee and talk at the water cooler or whatever and don't do anything. You won't have that job very long. You know, it's not, and if you are there, you're not the one getting bonuses and raises and promotions. You're the one that's been there for six, eight years and ain't doing anything else. You're still doing the same thing you were doing. But if you want to climb the ladder, if you want to move and be promoted and go up and have all the, the benefits you can have, then you're going to get in there and really work. And if we're going to have everything that God has got for us, then we'll have to be very diligent and very uh, uh, you know, intentional about what we're doing. The Scripture says, whatever I find to do, to do it with my might. Don't just come in here like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'm here. If you got something for me to do, I'll do it, or and just piddle around with it. Do it with everything that's within you. Even David danced before the Lord with all his might. It was his strength. He said, you know, I, I don't know if he was a good dancer or not. I don't know if they was line dancing or what they was doing out there that day in the dust, but I know that he just gave it everything he got. He was, I'm sure he was wore out when it was over. Because I know how dancing in church will get you. And uh, I'm sure that it was a, probably a lot more intense uh, that day with the ark of, of the Lord coming back into Israel. So I'm sure they were really uh, giving it everything they had. But he said it was with all his might. He didn't just dance, but he, they let us know all his might. And so because of that, man, look at the blessings. He, he was giving every man uh, you know, some food and some wine to take home with him, and he was blessing every house. And, and the only ones he, that didn't get blessed was his wife who sat up there and looked out the window disgusted because he was out dancing before the Lord. She was just, and then tried to shame him because he was giving it everything he had for God. And you know, because she did that, the scripture says that she never had a child until the day of her death. She never, never had children. She, she cut herself off from everything that she could be because she wasn't kingdom-minded. I want to be kingdom-minded. I want to have my focus on doing what God wants me to do. I want to be a doer and not just a hearer. And so the, Jesus talked so many parables about uh, the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 13, seven, seven different parables uh, concerning the kingdom of God. Uh, and every one of them had somebody doing something. And uh, Matthew, and I didn't give you these, so don't worry about pulling this up. I'm just going to read through them. But in Matthew 13, in verse 24, he begins that the kingdom of heaven is like a man sowing good seed. And he's sowing seed, uh, good seed into his field. But while he slept, the enemy came in and, and threw in some seed behind it, you know, the wheat and the tares. And so uh, he had wisdom, though. He said, let's don't just cut everything down. Let's wait. They'll grow up together, and then we'll gather the tares up, and we'll burn them, and then we'll gather the wheat. Everything will be fine in the harvest. Uh, he was kingdom-minded, so he knew what to do when the enemy came in. But what was he doing? He was sowing. The threat of the enemy didn't stop him from sowing. The threat that somebody could mess with his field didn't stop him. He was still sowing or working, doing something uh, for the kingdom. In verse 31, it says that the kingdom of heaven is like a, a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed into his field. And then it grew into a great big tree. And, and so... Uh, you see people are working. The kingdom of heaven is like people working, making an impact, doing something that's going to change this world. Verse 33 said it's like uh, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that is hid in three measures of meal. So the woman's working it, and that leaven, until all of it is affected, she keeps putting it in there and working it until all the whole loaf, the whole thing is, is affected. And that's the kind of uh, people that are kingdom-minded and have a kingdom-minded work ethic. Everything you do, if you're kingdom-minded, is going to make an effect on somebody, make an impact on somebody, can change their life. Verse 44 said that the kingdom of heaven was like a treasure that was hid in a field. Now, uh, the thing is, it says somebody found it. It didn't say they stumbled upon it. 
They found it. Somebody was seeking for that treasure. I, I like to think of it uh, like this. I mean, it, it, it makes as much sense as anything, is that, you know, there's people in this world today that are treasure hunters. They, they say, well, you know, we got these maps, and we heard that this ship went down back in 1800s, whatever, over here, and it was loaded down with gold or whatever. So they're looking for it to find it. And then when they find it, wow, they've got all this, this gold, this treasure, this notoriety, all these things that come with it. And this guy was looking. Maybe, maybe he heard, you know, somewhere out there, there's old, old man so-and-so. He buried that all his life's earning in that field. This guy's looking for that treasure, and he found it. And then he didn't, he didn't, even, he didn't try to take it legally because it wasn't his field. He said he bought the field. So it wasn't his field, but he had... Uh, he was searching, so he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy the field. You can't cheat God, and you can't get the things of, of the kingdom uh, by any other way but the right way. You've got to do it right. He had a kingdom-minded work ethic. He said, I'm just going to buy the whole thing. I'm going to buy the field, and now the treasure's mine. It'll take care of everything else I've got. He was a seeker looking for something, kingdom-minded. Uh, the next one said there was a, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who... Was, uh, he, he was a merchant, a pearl merchant, and he was seeking, looking, actively looking for good pearls. And then he finds the pearl of great price, sells everything he's got just to have this one pearl because this is going to take... He, he realizes that there is something greater than what I've got, and I'm going to give whatever I've got to obtain it. That's kingdom-minded. There's, something, there's a bigger picture than just our day-to-day living. There is an eternity coming, and it's rapidly approaching, and we don't know the day or the hour when he's going to come. We don't know the day or the hour we'll draw our last breath. And so we've got to live with the kingdom and eternity in view, understanding that God expects us to be workers with him. Do whatever you can. Everybody won't preach. Everybody won't sing. Everybody won't be a missionary. But everybody has got something to offer because we're just like a body. Many members sit in a body, and just like a body, we all have different functions. And some of them we, we hardly ever think about, but they're all there. I don't want no part of my body gone. I want to keep all of it. Uh, it's, you know, going on uh, these 50-plus years, I've still got everything. I want to keep it, hair and everything. It's, it's, I, want, I want it to stay here. So, um, you know, and it's the same way in the body. It, it's, it all means something. It all works for something. And so I want to have this kingdom-minded work ethic that... You know, wherever I find myself, if it's in a field, if it's uh, finding that pearl, if uh, he said in verse 47, it would be like a net that was cast into the sea. Maybe I'm casting my net. I've watched guys do that, fish like that with those nets. That ain't easy work. It takes something. But, man, when they do it, you know, sometimes they draw it in and nothing's there. But you know what? They don't quit. They keep throwing it. That's kingdom-minded work ethic. Maybe I didn't draw nothing this time, but I'll throw it again. And maybe I didn't get nothing but trash off the bottom this, this time, but I'm going to throw it again. And eventually, you're going to pull up that miraculous draught of fishes like Peter and them did. You're going, to, you're going to catch on to something that God's got for you. It's going to be miraculous. But it doesn't come without that work ethic. So we, you know, there's people that sit in the house of God, and, they, and they, you've seen them over the years. You know there's people that they get a little bit aggravated at these people that look like they get blessed every Sunday. And they begin to say, you know, they just putting on a show. Nobody gets blessed like that all the time. Why? I, and the, the Lord knows, but I can just about tell you that I'm going to do my best to go out of this thing the way I come in it. And whenever we have service, unless I just can't move, I'm going to be moving. And if I, and the Lord knows but I can't think of a service I've ever been in unless it was a funeral service uh, or maybe a wedding that I was in a church and there was some kind of service going on. I wasn't moving and praising God and worshiping God and doing it because, and they just putting on, I don't care what they call it, putting on a show, whatever they want to do. I'm going to come in and worship the Lord because I'm kingdom minded. And if he blesses me every service, then hey, that's all right. You know, they fall out every service. Well, they might get in a place to where they can't fall out every service. Or they, as soon as somebody says, praise the Lord, they just start talking in tongues. 
So? What's wrong with that? Well, you know, that ain't real because it's got to be as a... Well, maybe they in a place where the, they brought it on in here with them. They ain't, trying, they ain't trying to crank that old Model A up you got going. Let me see if I can get my Holy Ghost going. That's why some people come in. Mm-hmm. Man, we got it. I ain't got to uh, try to warm it up. It don't lose no power. But if I never pray, never read, never even think about God till I get to church on Sunday, that's going to be a, you're going to have that cold start. you like somebody pushing you down the hill. you got to pop the clutch so you can get going. But some people got, man, they keep it tuned up. They keep oil in it. They, they got the tires good. Everything's good. I mean, this car is ready to roll. And that's the way we ought to be uh, every day, kingdom-minded every day. And so, you know, the fact is, if we do nothing, we get nothing. You know, he said, ask and it'll be given. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be opened. A lot of people staring at a door. Too lazy to move the hand and knock. Some people, uh, well, I, you know, I'm just not, I'm not very outspoken, so they, he said, well, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes people just won't even ask. And I've always thought about that. Why wouldn't you ask? Maybe it's because they feel like God owes it to them. Hmm? Well, some, you, you think some people don't think like that? This world lives, This world is a world full of people who feel like they are entitled. That somebody owes them a living. Come on. And uh, there's people, believe it or not, there's people in the church that's just like that. Come in, God don't never do nothing for me. What you done for him? Let's see. Did he die for you? Well, yeah, but that was 2,000 years ago. <laughs> oh, my. But that is the mindset sometimes. But when you're kingdom-minded, it's not. Uh, you know, pe people will quote that and be so patriotic. Oh, don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That's fine. Ain't got nothing against that. But what if we applied that to the kingdom? You know, instead of always asking what God can do for me, what can I do for you, Lord? What can I do for the kingdom? Who can I reach today? Who can I pray for today? Who can I preach to today? Who can I encourage today? Is there anybody I could tell about your love and mercy and grace? Is it, what should I be doing? But, you know, there's a lot of people, they just say this country owes me. People owe me, the government owes me, whatever. Well, it's, a, it's like that. It, the church owes us something. You know, there's some people, the only reason they could, hey, I've been pastoring now for almost 13 years. I've seen a lot. You know, there's people that, if you won't pay their bills, they won't come to church. Believe it or not. Well, we've helped a lot of people over the years and stuff, but uh, if it was like, well, I don't want to come to church. I just call and see if y'all, call you up. Hey, I got your number. Does your church help people with their bills? Who are you? You know, how much is your bill? Well, my electric bill is $895. <laughs> no, I don't help you with that. I, I, sorry. You know, don't even come to church here and never plan on coming to church here. Y'all buy, you know, I've had them ask every question on the sun. And man, I'm telling you, we have given. We, we have paid bills before. We have given food, and we've helped people with all kind of things this church has. This is a given church, and I'm thankful for it. We've helped missions and evangelists and all kind of things. We've helped uh, students. we got students, and, man, students have it tough sometimes. We help them out when we can. We do stuff. But let me tell you something. The church don't owe nobody nothing, and God don't owe us. And uh, I'm not saying we don't, I know we don't work ourselves into heaven. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we, we work and earn our salvation. It's by grace through faith are we saved and not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. I understand that. But anybody thinks that once they are born again into the kingdom of God, don't have a job to do for the kingdom of God? He says, unless you're born again, you can't see it or enter in, into it. But once you get, get, get that, you feel like, well, I don't have to do anything. I've been born again. I, I don't have to do nothing. 
That's not true. That's, that's, that's the wrong attitude. That's not kingdom-minded work ethic. Kingdom-minded work ethic is now, hey, I'm here. What can I do? What can I do for you? How can I make things better? How can I uh, help? How can I pitch in? Uh, talking about when Israel brought the ark back up and they were worshiping God. You know what it says about that? That day it says, all of Israel brought the ark up. Now, I don't know exactly how many people was in Israel at that time, but everybody wasn't toting that ark. Only the priests were. But everybody was bringing it up. Some of them was playing music, some of them was singing, some of them was dancing, some of them was shouting, some of them was, you know, every, somehow, somewhere, all Israel brought back that ark, but there was no way for everybody to carry it, and it wasn't the right way for everybody to carry it, uh, but everybody was involved, and it was a great day. That's why all Israel went home blessed, except for the one lady sitting up there staring out the window, gritting her teeth at her husband, busting about him dancing around for the Lord. That's the only person I read. That's the only name, other name I read, and it says she didn't get nothing. And so uh, all of us have something to do for the kingdom. And so uh, I'm, I don't picture anybody going, well, if I, can't, you know, if I can't get within touching distance, I'm not going. They were so glad that the glory of God was coming back that they were just glad to be there. And can you imagine the crowd, how far it probably stretched of people? And some of them probably couldn't even see the ark from where they were, but they knew we're headed in the right direction. And they were just there cheering, worshiping, praising God, shouting, all of them bringing it up. Hey, it ain't about being front and center. It's about being a part of it. It's about being a part of it. You know, they're, they're, when you look at football teams sometimes, it's always the quarterback and the running back. I mean, most of the time, it's people, boy, you got to have a, if you, that quarterback, he's a team captain. He's a, his, but, man, he ain't nothing without that line. But you don't ever hear nobody talking about them, you know, until they miss a block and he gets creamed. And then, oh, that's a bad, you know, it's, they get the bad end of it. But, but it takes all of them to make it work. He could throw the ball 200 yards in the air. But if he can't never get a chance to throw it, and you know what? There could be a preacher that can just preach your socks off. But if he don't have nobody worshiping, nobody singing, nobody praising, nobody supporting, his talent is not going to do anything because there's nobody to support. He can't do it on his own. Ain't a preacher alive can build a church on his own. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it can't happen. I don't care how talented he is, uh, any of that, because God didn't design it. You know why he can't? Because God did not design it that way. He didn't design it for one man to carry it on his shoulders. He said, we are workers together with him. That's kingdom-minded work ethic for us to support one another, help one another. Uh, you ever worked on a job where you're in a place and somebody says, hey, man, I, I need to do something. Can you cover my place? And you do it because you're there to help them out instead of just letting their stuff pile up. Um, I used to work in a place where we loaded trucks by hand and they, these lines, packages coming all just wide open all day long, just rolling. Well, if you had to leave and take a bathroom break, if you didn't have somebody cover your line, all of a sudden the alarm's going off and boxes are falling off the line because they're just piling into each other. And so you'd get somebody, hey, cover my, my line. And so it was work. You was running back and forth, back and forth, trying to make sure it didn't pile up. But you did it. And then when it was your turn to take a break, they'd cover your line. It, it, we worked together, and everything went out like it was supposed to. And everything's going to work like it ought to when we have that kingdom-minded uh, mindset. You know, when we think about the Scripture sometimes that we reap what we sow, we always sometimes, some, somehow that has only been attributed to uh, negative stuff. It's like somebody gets caught doing something, well, you reap what you sow. Somebody ends up in jail, reap what you sow. You know, it's, or, you know, they, it's, it just seems like somehow that got uh, lumped into only bad situations. But it's just a principle. You reap what you sow. If you sow apple seeds, you get apple trees. You know, if you sow wheat, you get wheat. I mean, it's just, it is. And so uh, 
it's like that's kingdom-minded. Let's sow things to the kingdom. If you sow prayer, you're going to be rewarded. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6? When you pray, he said that your father will see. If you pray right, right attitude, pray in the right situation. If you're praying like you ought to, your father's going to see it and reward you. That's kingdom-minded. When you give, when you fast, you reap what you sow. But if you never fast, you never pray, you never give, don't, you can't look for those blessings. And you can't be mad at God if it ain't raining on you. He said, give and it'll be given. But if you never give, you can't be mad at God because well, I'm not getting no check in the mail, no gifts and surprises. No. <laughs> I, re- I say that thing every week. Well, you can't just say it and not give nothing. I thought, I just thought if you quoted that, that statement of faith that money just showed up in your mailbox. It don't. <laughs> it just don't happen like that. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? But it don't. Uh, so, you know, you give as a sacrifice sometimes, but that's kingdom-minded. You know, when you read, uh, read the second chapter of Acts and get past verse 38 and 39, get on down there toward the bottom and see how that people started laying possessions down at the feet of the apostles and they, people that had land were selling land. And I'm not telling nobody to go out and sell a house or anything like that. Now, But I'm saying when the church started and to fund that revival and to fund that kingdom work, people just started, hey, things they had, they was just selling it, laying the money at the apostles' feet, and they were sending out people all over the world. They was turning the world upside down with this message, and the church was growing and uh, just increasing and, and doing signs and wonders and miracles and revivals and great things were happening, but people were kingdom-minded. So they continued steadfastly you know, in the apostles' doctrine, and they, they had all things common. They were, they, they were in one mind, one accord. They, it wasn't just that for a little while in the upper room. That's the attitude that continued hey, let's make this thing go, and it all worked together. Kingdom-minded work ethic. And the church today is going to see the signs and wonders and miracles as long as we have that work ethic. I, I just, I believe that, I, I, you know, God is, is not going to uh, force us. i got about five minutes. God's not going to force anything on us. Like I said earlier, he's not going to, uh, you know, spoon feed you those benefits. He, he, they'll be there. You're going to have to do something about it. You know, so when I go back to this opening verse about the ant, you know, go to the ant, you sluggard, you lazy person, you idle guy. Come on. He's not trying to shame the guy and just be ugly to him. He's just telling him how it is. You're two different species, but you need to look at this ant. You need to go to this little old ant and consider her ways and be wise. You, you can learn something. Has no guide, has no overseer or ruler, but the ant does have a creator. And because that ant has a creator, there are things that are instilled in that ant that causes it to do what it does. Well, we have a creator that lives inside of us. We have a Lord, a God, a Savior. And, uh, and so if he would put those kind of things, you'll never see an ant just sitting around watching all the rest of the ants work. You ever watch ants? All of them's all over the place. You set a piece of food out, a piece of bread or something out on your driveway for a while, Watch all them ants, every one of them. Ain't one just sitting off to the side going, get that crust. <laughs> Ain't no ants sitting there under an umbrella. Come on, boys. All of them. We've hit the, we, man, we've hit the mother load. We're, we're taking this back. We're, we're going to eat all year, you know. Every one of them. And look while that bread's gone because every one of them got with it. They just know to do that. Well, the Bible says that he gave us the Holy Ghost and power comes on us or that, that, uh, those abilities of, of God come on us after that we've received the Holy Ghost and, and the Holy Ghost will lead you in all truth and things like that. Then we should be doing things for the kingdom once we're filled with the Holy Ghost. The only time we're not is if we're fighting it or resisting it. We don't need to. And it says she provides meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. 
This is kingdom stuff. This ant is taking care of the needs, not just the accessories or the, you know, we need meat, we need food, we need this stuff so our species will survive, so our colony will survive. And, and so I'm working. Nobody's got to tell me this. I know I've got to do this. Nobody should have to tell us to pray and to read and to study and to fast and to give and to love and to be kind and to show mercy. We should know these things because now we've got the mind of Christ, or we should. So we should be, when we're kingdom-minded, we're going to have those kind of things. And, and the kingdom of God is more just dress up for our salvation. It's not an accessory. It's the necessities. There are you know, things that ought to be done and taken care of. Mercy and compassion and love, preaching of the gospel, you know, reaching for souls, that, that stuff's got to be done so that when the harvest comes, people won't be left. One of the saddest scriptures I've ever read is uh, Jeremiah. He said the, the summer is ended and the harvest is past and we are not saved. There was time and there was provision, but evidently nobody did anything about it. It wasn't that they didn't have time. It wasn't that they didn't have the season. And it wasn't that they didn't have the provision. It's just they didn't do anything about what God had offered. Jesus even wept over his city because they had missed the time of their visitation. He walked in and out among them, preached to them. He rode in their boats. He sat at their tables. He went into their houses. He was everywhere he could be for three and a half years, and people still missed him and didn't get what they could have got. But boy, there was some that realized Jesus is coming, and they would cry out. Jesus is coming, and they would press through the crowd. My daughter's sick. My servant's sick, and they would go find him. They didn't let, let it pass them by. They, they didn't do without. There ain't a reason in the world for the church to ever do without because God's got all the provision we need. It's out there. We just got to gather it up. Get kingdom-minded. Get a kingdom-minded work ethic. Praise God. Let's stand together tonight, honey. I'm sorry I didn't tell you to come on. Now, y'all know I'm not fussing at nobody. I love I think our church is great, but there ain't a church alive that, that shouldn't be striving to be better. And that's us, too. We want to be the best that we can be for the kingdom as individuals, first of all, because it takes individuals to make up a church. And if we're our best as individuals, we're going to be our best together. Because nobody, no matter how good somebody else is, if, I, if I'm not where I need to be, I can't help them. I, I can't. It, it, it don't matter how you know, uh, good they might be. They can't carry both of us. I got to pull my load. I got to do what I'm supposed to do. And so I want to have a kingdom minded work ethic where I'm constantly reminded that I have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. He said that you are the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. Friend, that's, we're in the spotlight. But he said, let your light shine in such a manner that people can see your good works. Not so they can see how pretty you are. That you got your right, you got the right tie on, got your hair done right. Not, not any of that. It's not so they can, woo, they looking sharp. It's so they can see your good works, your kingdom works, and glorify your Father. Because they ain't gonna give God praise. Well, now I praise the Lord when I saw her, but but they're not just going to glorify God because you look pretty. But when they see you doing the work of the kingdom, God's going to get the glory. When they see you showing love and compassion and mercy, God's going to get the glory. When you're loving them when they're unlovable, when you're reaching for them when they feel like they're unreachable, that's how God's going to get the glory because that's going to move their heart. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. You know how people experience the goodness of God? through individuals every day. Yeah, sure, it's because he woke us up. That's good. 
And that's wonderful. But when somebody on this planet shows you the love and mercy of God, that'll move you toward him. So let's, let's make sure we, we've got a kingdom-minded work ethic. The Lord said, the harvest. You know, when we talk about the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Before that scripture, before Jesus makes that statement, it says he looked on the multitude and he had compassion on them. But you know who was in that multitude? It, he said they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were like people just scattered. They, they had nothing to hold them, to bind them, to bring them together. And he said, that's the people that, that's the harvest. Those that are lost, those that are wandering, those that are about to faint, they're weary in this world. He said, so pray. He said, because the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. He said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest. Well, if he hires somebody to work in his field, he's going to want them to be kingdom-minded. And so we'll never look out and say, well, I don't see no harvest. You won't make it past the golden pantry. You'll see part of the harvest. If you slip into the Dollar General before you go home tonight, there'll be several people in there, part of the harvest. Always somewhere to, to be working for the harvest, working for the kingdom. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and pray together tonight. Let's ask God to help us be kingdom-minded. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you that you've called us, Lord, into the work of the kingdom. Thank you for calling us out of darkness and making us your people. Lord, tonight let us work and labor for the kingdom. Lord, I know tonight that if we sit on these talents and bury these talents that you gave us, Lord, it's unprofitable. It doesn't do anything. But what you've given us is, is meant to multiply. It's meant to grow. It's meant for promotion. And Lord, it'll help us hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, tonight, let this church, let this church right here in Winterville, let us be kingdom-minded and work and labor, Lord, for lost souls. Lord, we're going to praise you because we know you're going to do great things. And we ask it tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everybody said amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand tonight. Before we go, let's, let's lift our hands and just worship for a moment. Honey, sing one one line of that tonight. Let's sing some of that tonight. And just let that be your song. Let that be your heart's desire tonight. I want to work for the kingdom. That's it. Just say yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I know there was a time when we said yes to his offer, but now we need to say yes to the, I'll work for you, Lord. I'll work for the kingdom. I know what he was talking about. I don't want to take it out of context, but the Lord said in one place that the kingdom doesn't come with observation. The kingdom ain't going to come with just us sitting around observing. We got to be about our father's business. Amen. I sure love you. I appreciate our church so much. Glad to have you in Bible study tonight. But remember to pray for those that are sick. Uh, baby shower Saturday for Kaylin and Philip, 5 o'clock here.
That's right, five o'clock here. All right. And Lord willing, if we don't see you before, we'll see you Sunday. Be ready for some great church. Brother Doug and Ashley Smith will be here this weekend. Going to be a great time. God bless you, and you are dismissed in Jesus' name.